Okay, let's do it. And whenever you're ready, be goofy. Go. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm Dustin Heiner with Master Passive Income, and you are listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Fear. Let's do this. Rock on. Well done, sir. A little too good, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good laugh. All right. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. All right. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Dave Jackson, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer, and welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Oh, I'm doing great, having fun playing in a blizzard, and uh, ready to have some fun. Ready to rock and roll. Yeah, you were telling yeah. me about like uh, ice skating on wheels. <laughs> more, bringing back all sorts of childhood memories, and uh, it's just not as cool without the red boots and you know 27 layers of clothes right. that your mom made you wear in that whole night yard. So. Yeah, no doubt. So, okay, Ohio is in the middle of an ice storm, so check that. Check. All right, blizzard, whatever. So you are at uh, schoolofpodcasting.com, so talk a little bit about what you've got going on in your website, podcast, whatevers. Yeah, my background's in in teaching, so I taught in the corporate world for like 20 years and have always been kind of a geek, and also I'm a musician, so I'm kind of creative, so when podcasting came along, I was like, this scratches every itch I have. And so I started the school of podcasting. And my goal is just to make sure that you're headed in the right direction and and maybe let you know that that's really not a good name for your show because nobody knows how to spell it or say it. Or, you know, when it's, uh, you know, um, child, if it's a, it's a podcast about children that are artistic. So it's child (laughs) of art. And I'm like, no, because when you get the domain for that, it's child of fart. So little (laughs) things like that. That people don't think about. And so I've got uh good I've tip. Step by, yeah, step <laughs> I got tutorials, I got live coaching, I got one-on-one coaching. We have a private Facebook group filled with brilliant podcast minds. So it's a fun place to either start your podcast or if you already got one, uh hop in and we'll get you growing. That's nice. I, I need to check it out. Uh, and if nothing else, check out the podcast because that's passive. Even if you're lazy like me, you just, you know, when you have a moment of boredom at work, check out some Dave podcast. You can learn. Something. There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to, uh, you were around in 2005 when podcasting first became a thing before it even had a name that was podcasting. Um, so we'll talk about that because I was a fan of some podcasts in the early days of podcasting. Uh, and, you know, we can compare notes and see who you knew and how, who I knew. And, um, sure. yeah, I didn't actually have a podcast in 2005. I was just a fan. But I, I got to be one of these OCD fans and went to pool parties and things like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, that's just a tease. We'll talk about that later. So let's go back in time and talk about Dave Jackson growing up, say, like in high school. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Akron, Ohio. So I, I, I briefly lived in, 
Yeah, I, I lived in Cleveland for a couple of years while I was married. And when I was not married anymore, I came back home. I, I have an older brother and an older sister and both need just a little bit of help occasionally. So I, <clears throat> I moved back home to be closer to those guys. But yeah, in high school, I was weird. I've always been just weird. Okay, because weird is good. I, yeah, I, I played the guitar and and even in high school was like, I, I have I have chops. I will. I don't want to get too braggy, but I, I got some chops. Okay, and good for you. So... So, but I listen to heavy metal, right? Nice. So, right. And so consequently, I had friends that were burnouts because they loved to hear me play the guitar. And yet I did no drugs. Like zero. Ah, okay. And so I, I was this weird thing. And yet I hung out with some of the nerdy kids, um, but didn't really have quite a good enough grades to be a total like. Not an actual, so. right. Yeah. Legit my, nerd. Okay. Yeah. My, my best friend was a jock. And so I kind of, through osmosis, I knew a bunch of football players and all those kind of things and that whole thing. And yet, and, and I'm not super tall. In high school, I was probably still under six foot. But um, I had already gotten a day job, so I couldn't play sports after school because I was already at work. But I knew Good a lot you. of football players, yeah. Mm. And then the thing mm. I figured out. So you kind of like have this ambassador kind of vibe. Like you're yeah. going between the groups. Yeah. It was always kind of like, and I always, consequently, I always felt like an outsider because I didn't quite fit in with anybody. Okay. Like I didn't really fit into the burnouts because, well, no, I don't need any pot. Thanks, they you sort know. of accept you just because you can shred. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had one guy who was so funny. He was all of maybe 5'2". Um, and... He <clears throat> at one point I was dating a girl who only dated me because I played the guitar. She was way out of my league. And that's okay. Yeah. And we <laughs> and when my band when my band broke up, so did we. And yet okay. I would still talk to her on occasion. Well, her new boyfriend was like the ultimate Brutus, just like total big bad dude, you know. Right. And and for some reason he didn't like the fact that I was still talking to her, even though I wasn't trying to get back or anything like that. Right. And it was funny because I was at the it was like a, a bad afternoon special. Like, you know, they're like, hey, the guy's name was Ron Motes. And they're like, man, Motes is looking for you. And I'm at the football game where he's like, oh, is it is it going to go down to the parking lot or what? And <clears> so this this little guy <laughs> loved my guitar playing so much. He's he said, uh nobody's going to hurt you. I'm going to be your bodyguard. Wow. All of, yeah. And so, uh, and he also knew the, the big bad wolf in this case. So he went over and said, look, dude, they're cool. Just like chill out. But I just thought it was funny because everybody's like, dude, if, if Ron Motes comes to kick your butt, um, you're, you're, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm not a jock. So <clears throat> right. I, I, my, my muscles are not, uh, Ron Motes, uh, <laughs> level. So that was, that was kind of fun. That, uh, you know, High school is just guy. so hilarious. It's, it's, it's hilarious while you're doing it, but the, it's, it's only hilarious now, right? When you're like yeah. 50 something, right? And you're like thinking back, thinking well, and at the and time so, that was serious. You didn't want to get your ass. Oh, that was serious. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, holy cow. And it's so different now when I was married, I had uh, step teenagers and they were great kids, but it was so weird because they were both in the band, like the high school band. And when I was in high school, you would get out of the football game and we would literally invade the McDonald's. We would just take it over. Right. I remember and, those days. Uh, yeah. So you're all, you know, everybody's connecting. And now teenagers, they get done with the football game and they all run home to get on a computer 
where they can then talk to the people that they were standing oh, next to about yeah. 10 minutes ago. And I was like, you, you do know you were right next to that person like 10 minutes ago. And wow. Like, yeah. This is, this is what we do now. And I'm like, ah, you kids of the day. <laughs> they go home to interact. Yes. And I was just like, and that was right. before the pandemic. Yes, it was very much so. So I was just like, all right, well, well, you can't, you, know. you can't, you can't say anything really. Cause whatever you say, you sound old. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I had something similar where I there was this girl and we never did anything, right? Honest to to goodness, right? right? But she was friends with one of my friends and for whatever reason she was always there and I was always there and we were talking about how why isn't your boyfriend here? <laughs> right. And I'm here, you know, he's somehow going to get this whiff and I'm just going to get my ass kicked, and I'm not even getting any. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a minute. It's like guilt by association. Yes. Right. And she was really like, cute, too. So it was. Well, that's one of those, like, look, if I'm going to do the time, I'm going to do exactly. the crime. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Fun. Yes. Uh, anyway, we digress. Okay. So, all right. So you survive high school. You're kind of an ambassador. You're a little nerdy, but not super smart. You're kind of a... Well, a and, guitar and player, other, right? Go ahead. Well, the other thing that's really weird in high school, especially like around 15-ish, which is, is that high school? It's junior high, maybe. I was so painfully shy. Like I talked to my best friend and that's usually where I got most of my friends was again through osmosis. And when I got hired as a grocery bagger, I was a paper boy for many moons. And then I got a, a, a quote, real job and, and got to go work in a grocery store. And I got fired after about three weeks because wow. I was so I was so shy, I would not talk to the customers. And people mm. go, wait, you? And I'm like, I'm here to tell you. And it's funny because that, wow. that version of me still exists. Because there are times, I remember when I was married, and if we went out or something, and we were in a, in, in a group, and my ex-wife would look over at me, and she goes, oh, no. And I go, what? She goes, shy Dave is here. No, <laughs> I don't want shy Dave tonight. No, like come out of your shell. Come on. This is going to be fun. So, and interesting. I had, I had a teacher that took me aside and cause he was the guy that got me the job. It was this whole, it was supposed to be a business kind of school at the school. And really it was just like, Hey, let's get a bunch of kids jobs at grocery stores. It really had nothing to do. With they called that like business. work experience. That was a very yeah. Midwest thing. I did something yeah. similar to that. Yeah. And I got credit took, for having a grocery store job. Yes. And yeah. uh, he just took me aside and said, I need you to be a little more outgoing. And it was just like, he's like, be, be more like your, your friend. And my best friend was just like monkey hour 24 <laughs> seven. And I was like, dude, yeah. And you know, and he said, here, he goes, I just, he goes, just act the way you want to be. And someday you will be the way you act, which is better known now today as fake it till you make it. And so did I that work? It, to, it did actually, I okay. just started, I just started pretending I was outgoing and then um, you didn't start at like you didn't start with your knob of outgoing at 11. You, right. You were right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I worked my way up. Well, one of the, one of the classes I had to take was speech. And nice. nice. The first speech I wrote, I kind of put jokes in. OK. And, and I got some laughs. And that's when I was like, oh, wait a minute. This this could this forget speech. Yeah, this is this is monologue class, you know. And <laughs> okay. so that's that's where I really I remember once I I didn't know it was my time to speak. And 
She's like, okay, Mr. Jackson, you're up. And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm tomorrow. And, she's like, and I'm like, well, can I do mine tomorrow? She goes, well, you can take it off today or nothing tomorrow. And I was yeah. like, okay. So I got up and did like an impromptu how not to do a speech speech. Okay. You're supposed to demonstrate right. something. So I'm like, so, okay. So the first thing's first, don't lean on the podium like this and <laughs> don't do this. And I just made it up off the top of my head. Yeah. And she actually, she actually gave me a good score and, and put in the notes, like not too bad for improv, you know? So, right. Right. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, that's, I think something that really uh, kind of showed me that, Hey, you, you can't actually talk and not be a complete moron. You have to worry about it. And, the, one of know. my, my best stories from high school was, and this is a long story, so I'll try to make it short. So I was in this business club, right. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to regionals and my teacher signed me up for a math test, like business math. Right. And I am not a math person at all. Right. And I'm just going, I had to have a thing to compete. Right. In the thing. <laughs> right. And I didn't, I didn't even know they had signed me up for it. They, he told me on the bus and I'm like, I don't want to take a math test. Right. <laughs> and, Surprise. and, uh, and then another guy, same boat as me, but he had extemporaneous speaking, extemporaneous speech. So it's like, they hmm. give you like a little, note card, like a three by five card with a topic on it and say, talk about this for five minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I could do that. Take my math test. So we swapped (laughs) places and we just went and told the right. So we, we did our thing. Right. And then we get to the end and we both won. (laughs) So we had to go admit it. Right. To our teachers. We were like, Oh my God, we won. He did really good on his math test, and I did really good at the extemporaneous speech. But we're like, we, no, <laughs> we signed, you signed us That's up funny. for the wrong class. Yeah. Anyway, it was pretty funny. Uh, okay. Great. So, all right. So, after high school, you go to college or no? Or what happened after high no, school? No, I, at that point, I, I always tell people I was like a five year old hippie because my brothers Five-year-old and sisters, I was, wow. yeah, my brothers and sisters were, were older than I was. So, I, I got hand me down Beatles. And hand me down, like I was the only person in first grade. I'm 56. I'll be 57 next month. I think that's how that works. Yeah. And um, when I was in first, yeah, when I was in <laughs> when I was in first grade, I was the only kid who knew who Jimi Hendrix was when he died, oh. because my brother had kind of turned me on to it. And so I've always been this little hippie because number one, I just I wanted to be my older brother because he was just the coolest guy on the planet. Mm. So you know, so I kind of had that going on. And so when I got out of high school, there was a part of me like, I don't want to go work for the man wear a, <laughs> wear a suit, you know? And at that point I <clears> had <throat> been working at the grocery store so long. I thought I was making decent money, which for 1985 or four or whatever it was, um, wasn't bad until I then moved in with my brother and I realized just how much money I really wasn't making. Right. I mean, we had, a, right. we had a lot of fun and the grocery store went out of business and that's when I went to, the college and it was fun because you have to decide what you want to be when you grow up. And sort I always kind of, kinda, yeah, I always kind of was a tech uh, guy. And my dad was a guy that worked on computers when they took up the size of a room. Oh, and they nice. were always like, there was like tube testers and stuff. And I would take stuff apart. Wow. And, uh, That's going so way like, back. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I think I'll be a technician. I'll, I want to fix stuff. That'll be fun. So I, I took me four years because I had to put myself through college and I was working as a, a car hop which was fun. And uh, so it took me four years, but I got an associate degree in electronic engineering and realized about halfway through the degree, 
the last thing I wanted to be was an, an engineer. I want to be, I don't want to be the guy that designs the stuff. I want to be the guy that fixes it. Okay. And so they said, they said, Oh no, no, you can use that, that degree to fix stuff. So I, I did, I, I got a job right out of college, which was great. And I was fixing copiers, which was great. Cause I got to wear a, I got to wear white shirts with a black tie. Cause you know, when you're around a lot of toner, you want to be wearing white. That makes, uh, <laughs> that makes so much sense. And uh, so I did that for about two years. This is before it's GPS. It's not a bad gig. That, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it was. Let's yeah, back was up before, for the, for the young folks. What's a car yeah. hop? Okay. A car hop is a waiter. Uh, there were no. Oh, okay. Uh, so drive-in. Yeah. Drive-in restaurant. Okay. No, so you would no, hop out to the car with their stuff. Yeah. And it's the great thing about if, if that had been in Florida, I'd still be a car hop. That was a great job. A very thin line between prostitution and car hop. Because I, w- I, would, I would run out to their car and I'd hear whatever music, Stevie Nicks or something like yeah. that. And I'd be like, hey, I'm like, hey, how's it going tonight? Oh, man, is that Stevie Nicks? Oh, I love Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Oh, she's so awesome and great. Next car I walk to, hey, is that uh, whatever, DMX? Oh, I love that guy, man. One of my favorite. <laughs> Just what, suck up to everybody trying to get your tips, you know? Ah, okay, gotcha. So th- and uh, if you had, we used to call them young and gigglies. You'd have... Because at this point, I'm 20-something, and you'd have right. these young girls that were 16, and, oh, an older man has come up. And I'm like, mm. hey, ladies, how are you today? Just ever so slightly flirty. Uh, and they would just throw money at you, like, oh, here. Just, <laughs> so. And you're trying to buy books, man. I'm like, I'm going to college. I'll, I will, whatever it takes, I will do. So, Lovely. yeah, that was a fun job. But the fun thing was it was being a car hop in Ohio. Yeah. So, so you don't want to do like, that in the wintertime so much. Yeah. So that's when you're like, wow, I made four dollars and eighty seven cents tonight plus my two dollars and ten cents per hour. Wow. You know, so Whee! yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was the end of my car hop uh time. But the the fun thing about the copier job is I did that for about a year and a half. And the the guy that hired me was the manager, now was a vice president. And he just came up to me and said, hey, I, I've got a job for you. And I'm thinking, oh, cool, what? And he's like, no, no, we're going to give you a new position. And I go, oh, well, what is that? He goes, well, here's the fun thing. It doesn't exist. He goes, we made this for you. And I was like, all right. And he said, we have great products. We have great salesmen. And our customers are breaking it all the time. And he's like, so I want you to go out, use your technology, and set up the copier. And then I want you to go in to show them how to run it. He goes, but really what you're going to be doing is showing them how to not run it. He goes, because if we can get some of these operator air calls down, we can, you know, focus more on the, the real problems. Oh, and I go, right. okay. And I go, so how do I do that? He goes, that's, that's the problem. You solve it. And I was like, huh, all right. So I came back. I said, what if I dubbed someone, you are the key operator of the Minolta 9100, you know, and it was, you know, yeah. Karen or whatever, or Stephanie <laughs> or Bill or Bob. Right. And I, w- I would spend like an extra 20 minutes with this key operator right. of the Minolta copier. And I'd show them how to clear a jam and this and that. <clears throat> and I then Clean the glass, I, maybe change the toner. Yeah. 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 And it was, it, it worked. And then what all I would do, and this is where I started to understand customer service and they, they dubbed me a customer service rep, but I would go out and it was so weird because I'd say, so, you know, Steve, uh, you know, any other questions? Like, no, I'm like, okay, well, when's a good time to follow up with you? Like, let me follow up in like a, a month and a half or so. And he's like, okay, that'd be great. And I'm like, what's a good time to call? He goes, well, usually Wednesdays. And I'm like, oh, uh, morning or afternoon? He's like, I don't know, like around 10. I'm like, okay. And I would go to my calendar and I would write down the month I have to call Steve. 
I would then call Steve in a, in a month and a half, and Steve would like fall out of his chair on the outrageous customer service because I did something <laughs> I said I would do. Yeah. So <laughs> true, like, right? Yeah. And this is when computers are, are now, you know, being more uh, Palm Pilots were big back then. Okay. And so you so about you this is a, like in the 80s still? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Late 80s, early 90s. Okay. And so and computers so not really a thing, really, so much not, in the office. Not, the computer not, was there, but they weren't yeah. networked yet. Yeah, yeah. Right. Actually, that's a good point. So, right, right. So um, everything was on a floppy disk, and yeah. And right. so that so that worked. And then they said, "Well, do you know anything about computers?" And I was like, "Well, I used one in college. I used to type my papers on it." Yeah. And so I became this like Microsoft guru, and oh, nice. I quit. I quit doing the copier thing and started teaching Microsoft Office for a bunch. Oh wow! And at one very and nice. at one point, they made me the head of the training department, and that's where I learned a very good lesson for me, and that is. I am not the queen bee. I do not want to be the queen bee. I do not want to babysit. Right. I am the you worker bee. Get, get right. me down there and, and working with the, the troops. And so I, I got to go back to that. But it, it, the interesting thing about this company, they had like five different divisions. And by the time I had been there 10 years, I hit all five. And he's like, I worked for a while in another division where I would go to different uh, newspapers. Like I got to go to the Chicago Tribune and the LA Times, and all these different places. Wow. And I would train, I would train them how to run these scanners that were probably the size of your love seat. Right. And it was really, really cool. You put all these coupons and stuff on it. You'd scan them at like ridiculous DPI. And then our software that my company wrote would say, put this one on page six, put this one on page. Oh, wow. Whatever. That's handy. It was really cool. So yeah. I, I did that for the longest time. And then the fun part after winning employee of the year Literally the next year, I got laid off because they moved me into a product called um, "It Doesn't Matter." It was somewhere <laughs> software program that uh, we. It was meant to be kind of a uh, a customer service thing. You put it in, like I could put in a new customer, and it would automatically email them a welcome email and all this other okay, stuff, like a customer relations database yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And again, the dreaded Palm pilot was starting to gain popularity. And somebody said, well, can I run that on this? And I'm like, it's really meant to be on a PC, but being the nerd, I was Goldmine. That was the name of the software. And wow. um, okay. I, I figured out how to run Goldmine on a Palm pilot, which took all the ease of use out the window. And so halfway <laughs> through, halfway through that rollout, one of the board of directors who was also a salesman said, I'm not using this. I'm sticking with my shoebox and, and three by five cards. Right. And so, and that, <laughs> that, that, that slowly spread across the con uh, the company to where it's like, yeah, we're not doing gold mine anymore. And I went, okay, well, great. What am I doing then? And they went, Oh yeah, we didn't think about that. And it was like a bad game of musical chairs. Right. Suddenly and, they and, don't need you anymore. Yeah. And, and so it was really weird because at that point survivor was really popular Okay, and, I, and they, they for a while I was like the Excel guy, and I would just go to different departments and do Excel and the whole time. And wow, what was really what was really cool is the one guy that hired me pulled me in his office and he said, "Hey, I heard you you might have an offer to go to Gateway because at that point Gateway was teaching. For those of you that remember, Gateway was a computer company. Yeah, that their had, boxes looked like cows. Yes, and I yeah. I got an offer to go work for them, and I had turned it down because I loved my job." And uh, the Oops. vice president, but he heard president, somebody heard about it. Yeah. And he said, uh, you, you might want to look into that. And I went, oh, and he, and, <laughs> and he goes, look uh, into that. Ooh, yeah. And, ouch. and he just and he just looked at me and said, do you I think you have a lot of vacation left, don't you? 
And I went, really? And he goes, dude, I'm doing everything I can. I was like, no, I appreciate it. So I took all my vacation and started throwing out resumes and wow. that whole nine years. So that was the Yikes. end of that job of, of that. But the fun thing was I had, I had done computer-based training. I wrote my own. Yeah. I'd written, I'd written manuals. I had this outrageous um, resume of teaching. The only problem is I didn't have a teaching degree. My degree was still in electronic engineering. Right. And so when, okay. I, when, I, when I went to get a job, they said, uh, yeah, you need a you need a degree in education for us to even talk about it. Wow. And so, yeah. And so okay. about this, yeah. So about this time I was going through divorce number one and uh, was living in my brother's basement. And my brother said, well, cool. You get to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. And I said, well, I'd like to do this teaching thing. And so I went back to school then to uh, at the ripe old age of 42 to, uh, to get a teaching degree, which was fun because you'd walk in and they go, Oh, are you the teacher? And I'm like, Nope, sorry. <laughs> I did that. I finished yeah. my bachelor's degree after I retired from the Air Force. So I was like 38. Go. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, after I finished my psychology degree, actually, it was before I finished my psychology degree, I knew I didn't want a job in psychology, but I did finish the degree. <laughs> yeah, that, that was me. I got my electronics degree. I'm like, All right, I've put a lot of money and time into this. I might as well get it. So, right. But, uh, yeah, that's so that the, was, the key lesson from a lot of colleges. Okay, now you know what you don't want to do. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. I want to go back and talk a little bit about like uh, some of my shared experience with you. Yeah. So I graduated high school in 1987 and then immediately joined the Air Force, right? Hmm. My junior and senior year in high school, I was in this kind of I don't even know what you call it. They called it business cluster. It was a two-hour block. Like, I think, well, I think one year it was like in the beginning of the day and the other, it was like towards the end of the day. But it was a two-hour block of class. And I was in the computer. I think they called it data processing in my senior year. So they, it, the experience was we were seniors now. So we already been through the junior thing, right? The teacher out knew us, the seniors, and he, he said, okay, everybody grab a big book. You're, you know those gigantic software books? That they, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I went and grabbed Lotus 123 because nice. I thought it sounded cool. <laughs> and I became Lotus guy, right? Uh, it, let me tell you, though, being that Lotus guy, and all I did was I just took that book and, you know, they just have these step-by-step -step little exercises that you go through and you do, right? I just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And as you do that, hmm, okay, look, now I know how to make a formula. <laughs> now, yeah. I know, now I know how to sum some columns, right? I didn't even know what accounting was, but now I knew how to use Lotus 1, 2, 3. And, and I knew how to do macros and I could automate things and it was fun, right? That served me forever, Um Still to this day. I mean, I, I still, you know, whenever you need to do, do spreadsheet shit. Oh, yeah. I know how to do that. <laughs> Pivot I, tables, baby. I, I learned that shit in high school. Yeah. yeah. So then my first job in the Air Force, I get there and I see back in the corner of the office in the back behind a partition. There's two computers. One is a Wang word processor plugged into a, uh, a daisy wheel 
like a printer kind of thingy. Yeah. Nice. Where they would stick <laughs> letters into it and it had a dumb yeah. terminal in the secretary's office. And then another oh. dumb terminal right there at that computer. And next to it, there was an IBM ATXT clone that was powered off. Right? Mm. And and I'm like, why is that computer off? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I don't know. The finance guy came in and had it plugged in, and then nobody knows what to do with it. And I'm like, huh. Well, I could play with it. Maybe it'll make a letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I turn it on, right? And it's all, you know, DOS, right? There's no Windows mm-hmm. yet. This is 1988. I, found, I find this word processor. I think it was Office something. Not Office, but... Uh, word Perfect. Something like WordPerfect, like yeah. a Dossy kind of WordPerfect. I want to it. say it said something like Office Automation or Office, I don't, Office Writer. Office Writer. There you go. Right? Okay. So yours was gold mine. Mine was Office Writer. So anyway, <laughs> I fire up Office Writer. I type a letter. I stick some letterhead in the printer and it, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I got to work with the computer people in my first, uh, I got, you know, the, the, and then, uh, you know, back in the day, they had like a Unisys mainframe. <laughs> right. And then the Zenith Z100 computers with a million screws. Anyway, I digress. So, yes, the, the technology tipped through, through the tulips is always fun. Well, people always think it's weird because I'll say something. I'm like, well, that was before Google. And if you're talking to somebody who's like 30 or under, they're like, what do you mean before Google? And I'm right, like, right. And like, so gather around, children. There was a time when, you know. <laughs> or before cell phones, you know. Yes. Right. Lycos, Hotbot, you know. All Alta these Vista. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, used to, yeah. well, I, taught, I taught a class on how to send email. Wow. People like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah. So it was, you know. Well, you know, you and I predated the Ethernet card, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> the, the thing that's always freaky about that is I remember one time when I got into my mid late 20s, I realized like how cool my grandma was. And I would just go over and hang out with grandma. And in true grandma fashion, she's watching PBS. And there's <laughs> this, this super grainy, like barely in like, it looks like a bad security video, you know, and they're talking about this thing that happened. And she goes, Oh, I remember when that happened. Um, I was a teenager and I'm like, wait, what? Because it was like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And she looks at me and goes, honey, you do realize I was born in 1899. And I was like, what? Wow. And so, yeah. And she lived and she lived to be like 90 something. Wow. And so in her lifetime, she saw things go from horse and buggy to space shuttle. So I yeah. was wondering, like, I, yeah. I mean, I barely remember black and white TV. That was, I was way little when that was around. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, I've already seen, like, I remember, you know, Dick Tracy used to talk into his watch yeah. and, yeah. you know, uh, and I'm sitting there watching. That's my, so fake. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching my stepson have a video call with his sister in North Carolina. And I was like, that's okay. Wh- that's I'm like, that's not the watch, but it's pretty close. What that when, when I had my first video call on an iPod, I think it was an iPod yeah. touch. Yeah. I told my buddy, okay, we have arrived in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> nuts. <laughs> okay. So okay, I know you were, you kind of like started podcasting in 2005. So let's talk about 
how you got started in podcasting. Yeah, it's funny. The I uh, I had already been teaching people how to make websites in okay. Microsoft front page, which was horrendously yep. horrible. But yep. I was making websites and Dreamweaver, uh, using, right? Dreamweaver, Dreamweaver was the yeah. And so I was Dreamweaver. I was doing <laughs> and. I had a friend of mine that was, I, I had done a website for musicians at a newsletter about how to get more gigs and sell more CDs and things like that. So I was still already doing kind of a marketing thing. And so I, I found this other marketing guy and he came back and he said, Hey, I was just at this big marketing convention. And he said, you know how you missed the MySpace boat. So again, dating myself, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I missed the MySpace boat. <laughs> I said, don't rub it in. He goes, I've seen when the next big thing is going to be. And I go, what's that? He goes, podcasting. And I go, what's a podcasting? Right. And he's like, no, no, that's a verb. And I was like, and I remember I was on the phone with him and I, I Googled it and there was one and a half pages. And I was like, wait, how do you spell that again? So I type it in one and a half. I'm like, I think we broke the internet, man. Like there's nothing on this subject on the internet. Right. And so it, it took me a while to. Well, they didn't even I, want to call it podcasting for a while. No. Right. Yeah. And so when I finally kind of hand-coded an RSS feed and I downloaded this software. <laughs> wow. Called, yeah. I, I downloaded the software called juice and it had this big giant picture of a lemon on it. And some, some guy named Adam Curry came out of the speakers when you, when you installed it. And I was like, Hey, I kind of know that guy. And when I actually MTV uploaded a guy, fu- right? Yeah. 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 Big yeah. giant hair. Of course that's <laughs> not really. He's still around. People the, yeah. Yeah. And so I uploaded this file and then saw it come down in the juice software and the light bulb went off and went, Oh, wait a minute. I see what this does. Yeah. And then, uh, so I took my, my newsletter and just started putting it out as a podcast and within interesting. Yeah. Probably like a week or two, I got a voicemail from this guy named Michael Van Lahr from Nuremberg, Germany. And at this point I'm living in my brother's basement and he's there and I, I hit play and this is like, hello, Dave, this is Michael Van Lahr from Nuremberg, Germany. And I hit stop and I go, did he say Nuremberg, Germany? And my brother's like, <laughs> he, he goes, what is that? And I go, it's voicemail. Yeah. Hello, Dave, this is Michael Van Lahr. And I just kept hitting, hello, Dave, this is like, no, nah. yeah, yeah. hello, Dave. This. And That's at great. that point I went, okay, I've been telling people like, this is an antenna, it's a global audience, but that really... And so for me, and, I, I and back in the day, there was a lot more audience interaction, a ton that well, people the, were dialing in because they wanted to be part of it. It felt like something. Yeah. And yeah. it was primarily, it was just all the geeks because we're yeah. the only people oh, yeah. that could figure out how right. to make one and how to listen to one. <laughs> right. Right. And, and uh, I just remember thinking, okay, wait a minute. I, uh, and at the time they were saying membership sites are going to be the next big thing. And so I'm hearing podcasting. And network uh, membership sites are going to be the next big thing. And I was like, and I'd seen so many things come along in technology that I'm like, huh, I wonder if I should start one of those. And then it would come along and explode. And I was like, oh, I should have started one of those. So this was the one that was like, okay, I'm not going to sit by this time and watch this go by and see if it works. I'm going to jump in. Okay. And so, so I started the membership site. And just at that point, there wasn't that much out there on podcasting. So anything that would come along, I would make a, I already knew how to make, videos from being a teacher in the corporate world. So I'd make these videos and throw them into the membership site and away it would go. But the bad news is you would go to somebody who had a great blog or whatever, and you'd say, Hey, do you listen to podcasts? And they're like, no, do I need an iPod for that? Right. So 20, so 20 minutes later, you finally got them to understand what a podcast was. And then they'd look at you and say, yeah, I don't want to do that. And so <laughs> it, it was uh, a hard sell. And 
the, the great thing about it is yeah. that I had started that because I was a waiter the first time I went to school. Now I'm going back to school and I need something to make money and I need to make money quickly. And the one thing I tell everybody, if you are getting into podcasting to make money quickly, go get a job at KFC. Get a job first. Yeah. It's not going to so, happen quickly. It yeah. might happen. It yeah. might. Yeah. But it's not going to happen but tomorrow. Quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, so during this time I was, and it was funny because this is where my audience would say like, Hey, you know, I've recorded this thing, but like, do you like, I don't want to really do the editing thing. I just want to talk <clears throat> into a microphone. Right. Do you know, do you know anybody that would edit this for me? And I'd go, uh, yeah, me. Like, sure. what are you looking, okay. what's your budget? So I would do that. I was doing guitar lessons. I was playing in a band. I was doing everything I could. So uh, podcasting was just a, a one of my many revenue streams as I put myself through college. So were, were you around, I know you mentioned Adam Curry. Did you like listen to podcasts or just oh, yeah. make them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, as soon as I found out about it, I found Adam again. Uh, he was doing a show called The Daily Source Code because okay. he He's one of the guys that invented podcasts. Right. And they're like, right, the, right, right. the guy from MTV. I'm like, yeah, right, he's right. a giant nerd. Yes. And he had actually started a company called uh, Podshow that okay. I eventually went I went to work for, where they would actually pay you to podcast <clears throat> a little bit. And they oh, found wow. you spots. They found you, found sponsors for you and things like that. And that's where I had Adam on my show finally uh, last year. And he said, yeah, podcasting networks are not going to work. Um, and I'm like, well, why not? He goes, because... The whole thing is I will go find you advertisers. He goes, but those advertisers are looking for somebody who is safe to advertise on. And he goes, and most podcasts aren't. Right. And he goes, so right, right. That does, he goes, it doesn't really work. And then it's just a mess. And so well, I, it's, the, uh, the advertising model is like, you have to have like so many numbers, right? Yeah, you, and you have, if you want to do like brand kind of stuff, it's got to be PG 13 or, or G. And most yeah. podcasters want to say fuck. That's it. Well, you, you, That's you what makes to, them cool. Yeah. You, you need one of, of two things. You either need that large audience, so at right. least 5,000 downloads per episode, or right. you have a hyper niche audience. So now instead of doing the we're all fat show where we talk about weight loss, now <laughs> right. I'm doing fitness after 50 for men. So I've really sure. niched it down. Super niche and, yeah. Yeah, and now when I've got some magic fitness tool for men over 50 looking to lose weight, that company will pay a decent amount of money to get to your audience because hundred percent of your audience is right. his target audience. That's a, as, yes. oppo as opposed to going to shape magazine and men's fitness and blah, blah, blah. Right. He's like, Oh, you have my, my target audience. Uh, I have a friend of mine <clears throat> that runs the horse radio network and he has like 16 or 17 shows all about horses. And he wow. has, he has one show he says it's weird because the the audience for that show is is on the smaller side compared to some of the other ones, but it's about this certain breed of horse that is really expensive, and okay. there are certain things for just that breed. And he goes, right. the people that advertise on that show pay more money than the people that advertise on bigger shows because it's a super niche audience for that. Yeah, so that's like the difference between uh, it's like narrow casting versus broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah, right. I would say I would well, I would say podcasting is much more like cable television than radio. We all think it radio because it's audio and that whole night. Right, right, right. It's so niche. It's so when you think about cable TV, you've got things like Animal Planet and 
the food network and you know, all the, the, there's weather channel. I mean, come on. I know I have a friend of mine that just like lives and dies by the weather channel, but so it, you're not going to get those thousands of, of people that would watch, you know, ABC or NBC or whatever, but the people that watch the weather channel love the weather channel. And so <laughs> right, it's, it's, right. A, it's a smaller audience, but it's a more engaged audience. <clears throat> gotcha. So, let, so did you know any of the Farpoint media guys? Just question. Farpoint. Do you, do you remember any here. of their shows? Um, uh, Slice of Sci-Fi. I remember that show. Evo Terra. Uh, Evo Terra's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I've known Michael I've R. Menengay. Yeah. Uh, the great thing about it, the very first <laughs> podcast conference was in Ontario, California. And we were oh, wow. all, we all walked into the little hotel bar and we would just sit there and somebody would walk in and go, Hey, is anybody know where the podcast thing is? And they're like, this is it. And he's like, <laughs> And, and we'd say, who are you? And he'd be like, oh, I'm CC Chapman from Accident Hash. And the whole I remember room, CC Chapman, yeah. yeah. The whole room would be like, CC, what's up? Because there were, you know, Nobody knows pod- anybody's faces, but everybody knows everybody's voice. Yeah, there, yes. there were only so many podcasts and we all listened to each other. So right, right. It, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, Scott Sigler, so. right? Scott, Scott Sigler was the beginning, right? And yeah, he's he still was, podcasting. Uh, yeah. It's, Good well, for Scott's him. Scott's such a great story because- you know, he gives away his whole book for free. Right. Pe- people are dying for the next episode. Then- He's really good at at that voice acting, too. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to it, I mean, that's what I fell in love with. He's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he, he says, wait, I'm, I'm now going to give you a print version of the book. So something you already have, you've already heard this book, you know the story. Right. But if you wouldn't mind, can you order this book on this day on Amazon? Yeah. And he, w- he was number two that day. Not number two in like his subcategory. Sub- no, right. number two on all of Amazon. Right. And he would have been number one except for this other book that came out called Harry Potter. Right. Sigler Ex- Ascension Day. It was April yeah. 1st. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. So I'm still that- an, uh, uh, an original junkie. So I, yeah. Yeah. And I will buy all of his books for sure. Most, yeah, and guy. I haven't listened to the podcast in a long time just because, you know, who's got the time. Yeah. But if he and he stopped, I don't know if he's doing is he? Well, I don't know. I should check it out. But uh, yeah, he was one. And then Mike and Evo. And there was a bunch of people. Oh, um, um, Madge Weinstein did Yeast Radio. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. and what was great about it is she called it. She referred to herself as the bloated lesbian. And she had this total like New York, Jersey thing going on, you know, and and what was great is when podcasting first came out, we we're all like, it's not radio. We can cuss. And right. And the the ratio of F-bombs to regular was pretty high on the the yeast radio thing. <laughs> right. What was great about it is Madge came to that first event and Madge walks in and it's a dude in a wig. Madge was- <laughs> Madge was a character that this guy made up. It was amazing. So, uh, yeah, the it, creativity it was, was just through the roof. Yeah. And there was the, a guy. Yeah, go ahead. There was a guy. The guy that used to record on his phone as he was what was called the daily download, and it was recorded in his bathroom. So if you if you put the two dots together, you can kind of figure out what was wow. going on. Wow. Yeah. But it, so so there was a lot of like let's do something that would never be on the radio. Yeah, it was a lot yeah, right. of that was going on. Right, right, right. So yes. so the uh, the Mike and Evo they did the show called uh, Winging It, which 
yes. was sort of like talking. They were trying to pretend they were winging it, but they never did. But they would like uh, drink and talk about sci-fi. So, and they always had beer. So it was like this mashup of beer drinking, craft beer, like good beer, not like Miller Lite, but I liked good <laughs> beer, you know. Um, and then as you're getting drunker, you're you're swearing about good nerd stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Loved winging it. <laughs> so I was the fan. I didn't really like the main show, Slice of Sci-Fi, because yeah. it was PG, you know. Uh, and no beer. <laughs> but when you put the beer and the nerdy together, I was all that's in. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Mixing a little anger. You got a great show. Exactly. So. <laughs> Just a little crazy. Yes. Yeah. And 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 I think they did swear on, on winging it, whereas the main show they didn't. So when they, when they started bleeping the F-bonds on winging it, I, I could see the end, you know, because that was what, you know, part of the charm. Anyway, yeah. so uh, before we wrap up, because we got about five minutes left before we're at the hour mark, so you can go move your car and you don't get blocked in or <laughs> it's a big-ass ice cube out there tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit more about how folks can uh, best get in touch with Dave Jackson. Yeah, you can find me again at schoolofpodcasting.com. Everything you want to do with me is there. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can contact me. I, I mean, there's all sorts of ways. I've got a phone number. I've got a speak pipe. I've got email, smoke signals. I think I'm going to be adding that next week if you nice. want to communicate with me. <laughs> it's all there along with 800 some plus episodes of the School of Podcasting. Wow. Don't listen to the old stuff because it's really outdated. I need to So start from back. now and go back in time. Start from now and go back, yeah. That's <laughs> there. Hey, if you if your stuff is not cringeworthy, you're not doing it soon enough. That's what I say. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just start and screw up and then you'll get better. I mean, that's the way it works in anything. Yeah, you know, if you're an, if you're an author, you have rough drafts. If you're a musician, you play in the basement for a while before you get in public. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you like to talk, you know, and you don't necessarily like to write or blog, that's that's how I kind of came at this. I was thinking maybe I'm going to write. And I, I realized I don't really like writing out that much. I mean, I can, you know, it's just not fun. Yeah. The only thing I, I write now for, because I will write out a blog post before I record it, okay. is because I'm a bit scatterbrained at times. I, I like a good tangent. And oh, yeah. I just got, I got tired of recording stuff. And as I'm uploading it going, oh, you know what I should have said there? Oh, you know what I should have said there? <laughs> and so. Yeah, all a good I, script all, will keep you out of trouble. Yeah, and it's not so much something I'm going to read. I just want to flush out what the heck do I want to say when I press record. So that's kind of why I gotcha. write out kind of a blog. But yeah, I like don't, an outline oh. almost. Yeah, and what I do is I take that and like, okay, I know where I'm going. I kind of I usually have. I try to boil everything down to one sentence. Like I did a presentation once at Podcast Movement, and the the theme of it was every podcast can benefit from editing. And everything in that sure. presentation was like I said, hey, if you go to Mount Rushmore at one point. It was, you know, a mountain, and now it's Mount Rushmore. It's little, it was made. It was made from editing. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I I write out my idea, and then I break it down to five bullet points. I throw it on a, a yellow sticky note, and I talk to the invisible person, uh, invisible person across my desk, and just pretend I'm talking to somebody. So that helps. Yeah. I. I that was yeah. one of the things I noticed. One of your you had a. a the topic of one of your podcast shows was uh, how to feel comfortable talking to yourself or doing a solo podcast yeah. without a guest. Yeah. It does feel yeah. weird. That takes a little bit of extra sort of 
something. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're weird like me and just used to talking to yourself all the time. But yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it, to be honest with you. I don't do it. I just don't I, do I, it. I have a co-host of mine that everything he does is live and with a co-host. And I said, why is that? And it just kind of, he's like, eh, it's just not my, my thing. And then I had somebody else say there was a, a book that said there are, are people that like to react to something that somebody said. Right. And there are those that like to say the thing and then right. let other people react to it. And in his case, he's like, yeah, I'm more of a reactor. Uh, you know, I, I'll be happy to, yeah. and he can react all day long, but uh, he's just not comfortable doing it solo. And I'm like, I'm then, not, then no, do no. that then. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do what you love. Yeah, exactly. Dave, this has been a blast. I appreciate you hanging out with me for about an hour. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. This is great. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Voila. Okay, now I can hear you again. Okay, that was cool. Excellent. Thanks, man. Yeah. So this I, it's show- always it, it's always weird being on this side of the mic. Cause the minute I I get done with an answer, I'm like, that was too long. You need to get to the point. Come on. It's like, you know, <laughs> what was the question? What was the question again? I, I don't even think about it. I'm just BSing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just okay, he's talking now. All right. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm like what you were, your friend. I'm the, mm-hmm. the reactor type. I, I yeah. hear things and then I don't want to be one of those person, people that stop listening. Right. I'm enjoying listening to you. Right. right. I have thoughts. I'm like, oh, if I, if I remember, I'm going to mention this. Yeah. Yeah. What I do. And it's just, I mean, everybody has their own thing is I usually have like four or five questions that I want to answer or I want to answer. I want to ask. And then I have, again, my, my magic sticky, sticky note and a pen that does not click. And, okay. <laughs> and then if somebody says something and I go, Ooh, I want to ask about that. I would just write down a word, something that will trigger, go back and ask that. Like I had, um, I had a woman on and she could have talked about all sorts of, I mean, she could have talked about work-life balance. She'd been on two major record labels. She was a podcaster. And first I brought her on. I said, here's why you're here. I said, because you figured out what your audience wanted and I don't know, you gave it to them and it worked. And so, so I kind of, so just so she could kind of stay in her lane and she was talking about something and and I was asking her about being on a record label and you know, how, what does she do to get successful? And at one point she said, I just knew I had to do something to stand out. So I just wrote down the word stand out and then I let her finish her, her little story. And I said, great, what did you do to stand out? So stuff like that, because I just, to me, when it's like you're saying, you're listening and it's great until somebody says something like, okay, I got to remember, what did you do to stand out? And then you're still listening. Like, oh, wait, now I got to remember stand out. And I got to remember this and that. And I'm still listening. So you miss so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just write down the word and then I can go back to, uh, that's smart. To listening. And I, I like, just, I like your magic sticky idea because yeah. you can do it silently. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're uh, not, you're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I forget what podcast movement it was, but Mark Marin was there 
And somebody asked him, he goes, they like, what, what's the key to a good interview? And he goes, Oh, that's easy. Listen. And he, that was it. That was his one word answer. And I was like, cause really the, the best questions usually are the follow-up. You hear something like, Oh, let's go deeper on that. I remember once I was listening to, Oh crap. Rick Rubin was interviewed. Wow, awesome. Yeah. Rick Rubin, I think was interviewing Tim Ferriss or somebody. I, Tim anyway. Ferriss was interviewing Rick Rubin. Yeah. I think it was it. And, 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 some, they, and they were in a sauna. <laughs> yeah. And, and somewhere in there, uh, Tim Ferriss said, or uh, Rick Rubin said something about um, doing a DMX video or uh not no, it was um, BMX. A, a Dr. Dre video, blah blah okay. blah. And he just mentioned he's like, Well, I was doing this thing with Dr. Dre in a video, and blah, blah, blah. and he goes to this whole other story. And Tim goes, What are you doing in a Dr. Dre video? And it was uh, to me, I was like, that was so cool because he, yeah. I mean, he he barely mentioned it. Right. And, and I was like, Ferris is a master, though. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. And uh and he scores a, really good guests, too. There's a guy uh, if you have HBO Max. Oh, Moses. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. He's a stand-up comedian. And it was cool because I got done and I enjoyed it so much that I was like, wait, hold on. Let's do that Dave thing. Why did I like this? Because I was like, I, I I keep telling more. Um, it's something white is the name of the comedy special. But what was cool is he comes out and his stage is basically a big LED screen. Like he climbs up it and stands on it and he's doing his little thing. And it's, it's all, it, Oh, that's the other thing. There's no microphone, right? You're used to the guy coming out, grabbing the microphone. Hey, how's it going? Where are you, where are you from? You know, no, he starts off and just starts telling a story about how his uh, family was so poor. He had, uh, there were five children. I think he was the youngest or whatever. And at some point they had to dumpster dive for food and you're wow. like, Wow. Okay. So super vulnerable. And what's cool is every now and then he will tell a story and they'll put some sort of colors or pictures or something on the stage he's standing on. And you get a camera view from up here now pointing down. I was like, okay. So it was super creative. Yeah. And it was funny and it was vulnerable. And this guy, you're you're talking about Tim Ferriss, like bringing out this, uh, are you probably familiar with, uh, in comedy, what they call a callback? where you sure. have a punch punchline yeah, yeah. and later this guy was the master of that. And to me, it was just like, okay, this isn't a guy riffing off the top of his head. No. This is, it, it was almost like a one man show kind of thing. Oh, right. so cool. And I was just like, and I, cause I just sat down. I was like, okay, what, what's, and I'm like, well, number one, I've never seen anybody. I've seen people have screens behind them. Right. And put things up, but this was like walking was around on a yeah. giant screen is that's new. And it was really cool. <laughs> and, and the other thing he did is at the end, he kind of does almost like a Marvel where he, he does a little tease for his next special. And I was like, all right, oh, nice. thing. leave them wanting more. <laughs> it's really cool. So. All of those little tease tricks is, is, is a, is always smart. Yeah. That's one so of anytime the, I, yeah. Anytime I ever see something that I'm like, I'm dying to tell somebody, you got to go watch this. I'm like, okay, why, why, why did I like this? So yeah, I try to do that. So. But, All right. Well, you better go move your car. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's fun is I, on the way home, I stopped to get a different ice scraper because the one I had was on its way out. Mm. And so I was in the store maybe four minutes and I came out and I had to use the new scraper to get the ice <laughs> off my window. Wow. 
Yeah, I was like, this is That's pretty like, bad. It's one of those like, I should not be out in this. It's official. And I already knew that when I was, you know, having problems going down the hill. Yeah. I was like, I was like, eh, let's go try to get in the driveway, even though I already knew I was like, this is not gonna work. I don't know why, but for some reason, my parents let me drive like miles and miles and miles out to see a girlfriend while I was in high school. She mm-hmm. was like, like the town away in the boonies. Right. So yeah. this was like a like a 20 minute drive on shitty roads yeah. while I'm out there. The, the rain freezes. So then I'm driving back and <laughs> I'm going like 20 on yeah. a 55 mile an hour, you know, just, you know, highway, not divided, but yeah, know, just two lane highway. And I'm just creeping along doing my best to stay out of the ditch. Yeah. And this other semi blows uh, by me at like 70. Yeah. Right? That's always and fun. the wind sets me into a tailspin and I fall in the ditch. Thunk, right. Yeah. And uh, just so happens. I was, as I'm in the ditch, there's like three other vehicles in the ditch, you know, like, me right. two three. <laughs> oh wow! And I look over, and there's this Linsmeyer implement, and the guy's got like this gigantic uh, back end loader. Oh, nice! Yeah. So he just attaches a chain to the the front bucket, yeah. <laughs> and he start he pulls me out first, and then he pulls the next guy out, and then he pulls the next guy out. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, the, the scariest thing, I was coming home from a gig. So it's like 2.30 in the morning and it's just super crappy out. And uh, it was icy and we're all like going in a line, you know, and it's again, it's 55, but we're doing, you know, maybe 20. Right. And all, all of a sudden, my keyboard player just does this in front of me. And at one, <laughs> and at one point, I'm looking at him and he's looking at me like, Oh shit, this is not going to end well. And he just kept spinning and took right off. But there was a time like we get we get home and we're like, dude, did you see that? And I was like, dude, I thought I was going to kill you. Did you check so- your pants? Yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's a good test for the shit part discriminator. Yeah. <laughs> that is. My uh my dad was a long distance truck driver and was in Mississippi. And blew a tire. And when, you know, a couple tons decide to go right, you go right. right. So he, go, he goes through a, a guardrail and he's in the middle of like this forest and he's just knocking over trees, these big giant trees, wow. like they're toothpicks. And yeah. he said, I just, I just put my head down over the steering wheel. And he goes like, I kind of thought I'd bought the farm. Sure. And uh, he did. He shit himself. <laughs> he, he revealed that many years later. <laughs> But um, um, he ends up knocking over all these trees. And by the time it's done, like, here's his his truck and here's his trailer, except the trailer was now like this. Wow. And the top of the trailer had been smashed down. The front of it had been smashed in. He had uh, broken a couple ribs and had um, a pretty bad cut on the back of his head where a tree had come through the windshield. And wow. he, he gets out. Now he's in the middle of a forest at like two in the morning. In Mississippi, he goes, you can't see in front of your face. And he said, this is just one of those where you're like, somebody likes you upstairs, dad. He opens the door and and climbs down his truck. And he's like, is this a swamp? Because that could have been an option. 
And he puts out, cool, I've got solid ground. So he gets out of his truck and he goes, I'm not making this up. Um, flashlight, because everything's rolling around in the truck. And he goes, and a flashlight came down, lands on the floor of his, where his feet were and turns on. So when you're standing next to a truck, that's almost like eye level. So he grabs that and he can see the path that he's now made through the forest, except he's in the middle of Mississippi at like three in the morning. And he walks back. Nobody's around. Nobody's around. And he walks back to the highway as another truck pulls up. I like, dude, somebody likes you upstairs. I was like, when you see the picture of it, you're like, and he walked out of that and you're like a couple broken ribs and some stitches in his head. But yeah. So lucky to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. He, that was kind of his thing. I, I, he was once on the news, he, his, uh, his truck had jackknifed, um, and kind of flipped over and whatever. And there he is on a backboard being pulled out of his truck. I'm like, Hey, that's my dad. Look. So, yeah, I had a podcast guest. That was his gig. His, his, his claim to fame was surviving a a car accident that he should not have survived. He was sandwiched. He was on a off ramp. And so he was like, here, you know, there's a bunch of cars and a stop sign, right? Yeah. So he can't move. And then oh, geez. he got crushed into a several other vehicles, right? There's so a, when uh, the, the first responders thought he was dead. Yeah. There's a, a podcast. <laughs> yeah. well, there's a, a, well, I should be dead. I had a, a deal when I was dating my first wife. She lived in the hood, like hood. And, um, I went to drop her off. It was March 26th and it's cold out. Uh, and this guy says, yo, man, why don't you get out of the car? And I'm thinking he's going to sell me a watch or drugs or insert any other thing off of Starsky and Hutch that you've seen on TV. Uh, and uh, he said, no, man, I really think you should get out of the car. And I looked at her and I said, uh, I'm not getting out of the car. I, I said, so we're going to go for a ride. So I, cause the car was still running. And so I just threw it in reverse and I, I backed up and then went to pull out of the driveway. Well, I backed up. And so he's, I don't know, from here to insert wall in your office from me, pulls out a gun and shoots it at my window. And because my car was wow. kind of like this and he's here, it hit the window and bounced into the door. And so I thought, I still swear, I thought he hit my car with a brick because I heard this whack and I thought I heard glass break, but nothing broke. And I am, I am now getting the hell out of Dodge. I'm running stop signs and I'm, I'm gone. And she's freaking out. She's like, he shot at us. I'm like, it's Akron, Ohio. Nobody shoots at people here. What are you crazy? And uh, I went to the place where I was a car hop because there were always cops there because there were no donut shops, apparently. (laughs) And uh, so there they were. And I, I rolled down the window and I'm like, Hey, like, can you see, is there a dent in my car or something? There was this guy and one of me got out of the car and the cop goes, Hey, wait, roll your window back up. So I do. And I see him kind of go, it's like, okay, roll, roll the window. Yeah. You have a bullet hole in your door. He goes, it looks like it's like it came off the window and went right into the door. And I just wow. turned white. I just turned white. Wow. And so at the time I was going did to call a report. <laughs> I did, but it was March and he guy had a parka. So I could see this. Uh, and and this is just some random dude. You didn't know. Yeah. And he's trying to carjack it. Okay. Yeah. And so I went wow. to my, uh, at the time I was taking a physics class and this guy was awesome. Cause he, at the time MacGyver's on and he'd come in as like, he was from Kentucky. He's like, let me show you why, what MacGyver did last night. Like you can't fix a bowling ball with a paper clip and a rubber band. <laughs> and he'd have all the equations. It was really awesome. 
And I said, okay, I got, uh, let's figure this one out. Like the velocity of a bullet against the day. He's like, what happened? So I explained it to him. He goes, oh, I can, I can solve that easy. And I'm like, oh, cool. What is it? He's like, somebody likes you upstairs. You should be dead. And I was like, <laughs> wow. So you know, yeah. I don't need math to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah. So yeah. Just got lucky. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy. So, and what was weird is for probably two weeks, I drive to school and I look over and I'd see this little black mark and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely the head neck something area that would have been bad. Had that come through the window. So yeah. Spooky. But, well, you know, live yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's me. I'm like, well, I got a second shot. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, All right, brother. All right, man. We will see you later. Thanks again. Let me know when this goes live. I'll be happy. It'll to, be uh, uh, live on Monday. Unless cool. something goes horribly wrong, but well, I'll All email right. you a link. All right. And I appreciate you. Uh, I'm sorry I missed our first one. That was just no plus, plus I had I had technology that didn't take a giant shit in the middle of my show. So that's <laughs> a, Yay! But, yeah. Well, the Tascam, I've had more things break this week. The Tascam just went and and it went first. The first time it made went bad, you had to actually unplug it, like turn off the electricity and plug it back in, which is really handy in the middle of a live show. Right. Um and it did that twice. And I, I worked with Tascam and they gave me a new one nice. and it, it, and it did it once. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to pretend that was a glitch. And then last Saturday I'm doing there and I hit record, the red light comes on and we switch a topic. So when we switch a topic, I usually put a little marker there so I can, okay. if I want to do any editing and I go to hit the marker button and it's not yellow, like it normally is. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then I, I'm like, okay, red light. Okay. And then I notice that the numbers are not moving. Right. And so I hit stop and it's like, do you want to stop recording? And I'm like, sure. And I hit stop. This is again in the middle of a live webinar thing. Right. And I go to see the file that I just recorded and there's nothing. And I went uh, and you're gone. I'm like, I, I know they, I know they have a firmware coming out in February. I'm like, yeah. maybe, maybe we'll come back in February, but it is February. But um, anyway, man. So yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate right. it. And uh, have a good night. All right. Hasta Lisa. Good luck we'll with the car. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>